You're listening to the Cambridge Insider Podcast. On today's episode, hosts Mariah and Stephen discuss the current international student market in Canada and what that means for the market as a whole. Today's episode is sponsored by York School. Since 1959, this California school has created an exceptional college prep experience for our youth, inspiring them to develop intellectual curiosity, challenging them to create and try new things, and preparing them to be passionate contributors in college and in life. Thanks for listening. Cambridge Insider podcast time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cambridge Insider podcast. Mariah Thompson, my co-host, how are you? I'm doing good. I can't believe it's already February. (laughs) It's already February. As we record this, we are in Super Bowl week for those of you that um, might not know what the Super Bowl is. Uh, Probably (laughs) the biggest sporting event in the U.S., I would say, maybe outside of the Summer Olympics. Um, uh, So the, the... NFL has essentially its final two teams that play to be crowned champions of the year. Uh, So that comes up on Sunday. Uh, This might be released a little later after that, but it is Super Bowl week, which culturally, for a lot of our students that will be coming to the U.S. or that are here already, will be experiencing that maybe for the first or second time. It's a great week. There's a lot of festivities, a lot of eating, um, just generally a, a good feel about Super Bowl week. Yeah, and on the other side of that, it's also Lunar New Year. On, we go. celebrated mostly on Saturday, although I, they celebrate it all, all week long. Sometimes it feels like all month long, which who doesn't want a week long celebration? So happy mm. Lunar New Year to all of our listeners as well. Absolutely. To those of, uh, to the, to the extended Cambridge family, agents, yes. family, students, if you are celebrating and if you are visiting family, uh, be safe and enjoy this wonderful time together. We wish you all the very best from Cambridge network side. Mariah, this week I'm excited because you you and I try as much as we can where we can find a gap to sort of have a look at trends in the international market, research and, and read up articles, you know, uh, on a weekly, if not bi-weekly basis. And we've come across some some really interesting stuff this last week. Yeah. And if you are a consistent listener with us, you know that I typically find things. And I want to say, Stephen, Stephen is the one that found this article and this the stat and this trend. So it's it's good stuff on Stephen's end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with you. Uh, talk to us a little bit, because although I found it, you were really one to sort of deep dive into, yeah. into this article. We'll attach it in the show notes, but it makes for a, a really good and interesting episode that we do want to bring to your attention. So Mariah, tell us a little bit about sort of what we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at an article released by Apple News. Um, And they were just talking about the trend that's happening in Canada right now in regards to international students um, as a whole. Um, They have had no limit on like how many visas they were approving and um, how many students were allowed to come in. Um, But unfortunately, that has really um, taken a toll on the rest of the community. Um, It has affecting housing. They're on housing shortage. It's, It's increased all their rent on all their housing. And so... Um, as a result in that, um, the Canadian government has put a two-year cap on um, the amount of students. And so currently they have about a million international students. And from their, um, their two-year cap, it's going gonna, it's gonna to 
um, cut down about a third of the amount of students that they're going to allow in to um, Canada to be an international student. Um, so for those, for those of our Canadian listeners, this is a trend that really affects you. But then for everyone else, this does does put a little effect on what the market looks like for you too. And um, Stephen, if you could just kind of get into a little bit of that, because of course the majority of our, um, of our partners are from America, but we do, we do extend to others. So if you want to just like, um, just touch on that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. I think a couple of things that sort of, as you were, were talking and as I was reading the article as well, that came to mind for me, number one is we've often spoken about the U S market and how it has, uh, faced sort of strong competition from other countries, Canada specifically, has been one of those countries. And it's amazing to be able to see how, you know, international students uh, and, and the market of international students has grown to such an extent that mm-hmm. now the Canadian government has to cap it. Um, yeah. I think I read in the article that at this stage, it's a 16 billion US dollar a year, uh, you know, contributed to the economy. So that's a huge sum of money. But what it does show me is that internet, the international market and international students is a thriving, thriving economy. It's a thriving opportunity in, in, in the event where you can price really, really well and you can meet those market sort of needs and demands. And, and that's something that we've been talking about just as a pricing model for quite some time. The US has tended to be priced a little bit higher. And with inflation, we continue to sort of rise, you know, raise those prices. Whereas Canada historically has come in significantly less than that. And they've seen the boom of that. They've seen the effects that the U.S. probably saw, you know, 10, 15 years ago with international education. So I think that's a a good sign overall for the market. It shows that the market is there. It shows that there's a need in the West to have institutions that are priced really, really fairly um, and that are catching the attention of their students. What does that mean for us um, in the U.S. specifically? We will 100 percent see, uh, you know, a runoff from that uh, where where students can no longer or, or there aren't as many visas, as many opportunities available in a place like Canada. So where else do they go? And I think uh, this is an opportunity that if the U.S. can continue to sort of revive its international market, you know, in, internally can continue to price really fairly and really aggressively, they will see the runoff of those students come to the U.S. as an option. Many of those Canadian students um, are students that I think would likely want, have wanted to come to the U.S., but for cost reasons, have ended up in Canada. So we will see that if you are priced fairly, that many of those students will, um, you know, will, will end up coming to the uh, coming to the U.S. So that's an opportunity, um, and it's and it's it comes at the right time because you know we're in February. If we think about the academic year, if we think about the recruitment year for the fall of 24 season, the next four or five months are going to be really really crucial in terms of how do you position your program, where do you price your program up, and how aggressive are you with with marketing your program as well. So those are a couple of things that absolutely stood out for me. Yeah, and then to kind of talk about that, like how do you capitalize, what can you do um, to capitalize that? We also just recently um, found another article that supports some of the things that we have been saying through our different CEM um, product line and and just what our advice is for schools that are trying to get out there and to to gain international students in their program um, but we just we just found another article that um, supports um, what we've been saying um, but what was your takeaway from from that article and we'll link it in there for you to take a look at too but um, I just want Stephen to kind of to have those those two point emphasis for it 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I, I, I spoke previously a lot about sort of pricing correctly, and that's super, super important. But even if you price your program correctly, even if you have the greatest program, it does come down to a matter of how do people get to know about your program? Um, and, and the article that you referenced that we'll put in the show notes talks about if somebody's, you know, and I do this often, I do the cooking in our family. Uh, if somebody's looking for a recipe, how many of the people today actually go to a recipe book? Right. You know, and, they, and there's sort of a little story around it, right? If I want a recipe, any recipe, uh, you Google that recipe, right? You just say, mm -hmm. hey, I want to make a, you know, I want to make a, a pesto pasta. How do I make that? You Google it, it'll tell you how to do it. It'll give you, you know, several different options. And it points to the fact that, the digital landscape is really where people exist these days and how important it is to be a part of that digital landscape. So yes, price correctly in order to catch this sort of runoff and you know from Canada, but also to, to catch this peak enrollment season that we're going into. But more importantly almost is how do you catch the attention? And, and it really is about getting involved in digital. How, how can I market my program so that more and more people can see that I'm priced correctly, so more and more people can see the value in my program. That article specifically also talks about two things that are part of our sort of uh, offering to high schools and colleges in the US, which is search engine optimization, SEO, as well as translated content. And it basically says that you've got to be part of that sort of SEO movement. You've got to be able to, you know, uh, uh, catch that audience that way, because again, people are constantly on their phones, mm -hmm. on their devices, but also the idea of translated content. And I think sometimes this gets taken for granted, you know, schools, spend a significant amount of money on things like websites. We've spoken about access to websites, but even if somebody had access to your website, you know, as an American institution, and that person was sitting in somewhere like uh, Beijing, or they were sitting in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam or in Seoul, South Korea, the idea of that barrier because that content and that information is not translated is a real, real thing. Yeah. Um, so think about trying to find something, you know, in Beijing, if you were an American tourist and trying to read Chinese, Right. And it might not be quite to that extent because English is a, a widely spoken language. But the reality is that you have to have translated content that's accessible. Yeah. So, yes, it's great to have a, a great website. But is that information translated? That's what part of what we do for all of our customers is to make sure that when somebody finds your brand, when they find your program, when they find your school, they not only have unrestricted access and links and they can get a hold of you easily and access information easily, but they can also read it in their in their mother tongue, which is super, super important when it comes to how do we convey this message of value to these people. So, um, you know, absolutely think about the digital side of things. The great thing about this article is for, you know, a couple of months, we continue to talk about our products and what we do at Cambridge. This is a third party just talking about the digital landscape in, in international education and how incredibly important it is. And then if you're not part of it, guess what? probably not going to um, be part of the international landscape for much longer. You will be left behind. Yeah. And just to bring it back to the, to the Canadian side of things, the reason why they have such um, an influx of students is because they did invest. They did, Absolutely. they did invest in the digital side of things, which we've talked before on a, a podcast episode before of the trends that were happening in Canada, Australia, and the UK, which is why they were getting more international students to, um, choose them versus the U.S., which it, we're still the number one. U.S. is still the number one destination for the international mm -hmm. students, but they definitely are putting some numbers up too. So, and it was just because of out of um, dig digital advertising in the correct Absolutely. way. In yep. the correct uh, way. 100%. And, you know, weekly we have conversations with partners, some who are invested in, in our digital offerings, some who are not. And we're happy to have that conversation. I, I've seen 
a lot lately as we start to move into this peak enrollment season and the, the domestic numbers are starting to become a little bit more clear for schools and school programs that schools have the question of where can we get more students from? How can we access these students? And our answer remains, you've got to be part of that digital sort of cycle. However you do it, you really have to consider being and investing and being part of that digital side of things. Um, and some schools, unfortunately, I think are still taking a little while to, to understand and really grasp that. I've got some schools that say to me, you know, we just, we're not going to invest or we can't invest. And that's fine. That's a reality for some schools. We completely understand that. But if the goal is really to bring in new students and to recruit new students and to get the 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 the, the community and diversity, but also the financial gain from bringing those students in, you really have to consider investing. You honestly will very unlikely that you get one without the other. You have yeah. to invest in order to get that return. The market is no longer what it was in um uh, you know, uh, uh, several years ago where you could have this free-for-all market. And the final point that I want to make on this is, you know, this week we we also reviewed some of our own data from Cambridge Network. Thus far, where we stand now on the, as we record on the 8th of, of February, 51% of all of our new enrollments for the fall of 2024 thus far are going to our CEM partners. And those CEM partners make up 18% of our total, total partner population. So think about that 51%, over 50%, over half of all of our new enrollments are going to just that 18% of partners. Why? Because they're invested in the digital side, yeah. because people, families, agents, students get to see them, get to have access unrestricted to their information. And that is bringing them more applicants and more enrollments. So that's super important to remember. That's good. That <laughs> is it. And good for us. <laughs> I think I think ultimately our, our our joy comes in the fact that we've we've found a solution to an ever-changing market. And I would urge schools to read, to research, and to have these conversations with yeah. us, with their service providers, with their marketing departments as well. Mariah, I appreciate you as always bringing your knowledge, bringing your thoroughness when it comes to finding and and, and dissecting articles. Any sort of final thoughts from your side? No, I just did want to point out one thing, and um, and some of our listeners might already know this just from consistently listening, um, but I just wanted to point out, too, when Stephen talks about having SEO, um, it's not just about being on Google. It's about using um, a Baidu, which is the number one search engine in um, South and East Asia, which is the number one international student market. So I just wanted to point that out just so if um, someone listening is thinking, well, we're on Google. We we do do this, so this is good. Um, it is good, but it's not the full picture. You yeah, have to you absolutely. have to be on you have to be on the platform that will bring them the content. So also, that was just my last thought and last take on it all. I absolutely love it. To all of our listeners, reach out. If you have questions, we're happy to delve deeper into what we've discussed. Potentially do another episode on on one of these in a little bit more in depth, but reach out to us with questions, with thoughts, with comments. We're happy to discuss as always. And uh, for those of you that will be enjoying Super Bowl and the Lunar New Year celebrations, yes. enjoy both of those tremendously. We'll catch you around the next episode of the Cambridge Insider Podcast. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Cambridge Insider Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. For more Cambridge updates, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Have a great week and stay connected.